Coming up on Podcast 1601, Ford reveal more details of their electric transit and the plug-in hybrid. Stick around and I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, guess what? That Nicola Badger, not what it seemed, according to the court case going on right now. Land Rover tell us where they're going to build their electric Range Rovers and the Mercedes AMG C63 gets electrified. Stick around those details coming up and a lot more on the podcast today. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. It's EV News Daily. We are your trusted source of EV information for Thursday, 22nd of September. My name is Martin Lee. I go through every EV story I can find. Hundreds sometimes heading towards a thousand stories a day from various sources and press releases that I'm sent and all the usual places and some obscure places as well. And I do that so you don't have to and save your time. We'll start with news of Mitsubishi and the Mitsubishi ASX plug-in hybrid, otherwise known as the RVR or maybe the Outlander, where you are listening around the world. Based on the platform from their kind of parent slash joint company, Renault, Nissan, Mitsubishi, uh, the Alliance, if you like, it's called the CMFB platform. It's a compact SUV, supplied actually, it's a Renault, but uh, then badged Mitsubishi and developed for the European market, but not the UK market because Mitsubishi say it'll take more than one vehicle to re-enter the UK market, which they have now left. It'll be made at Renault's Spanish plant. It'll be in European markets from March 23, and the plug-in hybrid version will have a 1.6-litre engine and a 10.5-kilowatt-hour battery. Link to the press release in your show notes if you'd like to know more. Now, for a long time, I didn't cover Nikola motors because something smelt wrong about that i had people who especially when they went public were emailing me but you know you talk about tesla all the time you're a fanboy you love elon you never talk about trevor milton well of course fast forward and now we know they were rolling trucks down hills because they were non-runners and there is a criminal fraud case currently going on with the nicola founder trevor milton now he has left the company the company continues but i still never really talk about nicola because it just it just never sat right with me. So, But I will today, because this one made me smile. I did talk about the Nikola Badger. When they announced the Badger, it was an EV pickup truck, and it seemed interesting at the time, but it was nothing more than a very, very obvious renders that were being sent out. But they did actually build something. Back in February 2020, Nikola revealed the Badger pickup. It was an electric vehicle, but also they're going to make a hydrogen version of it as well. So it starts to get a bit pie in the sky when they're like, yeah, and we're going to do two versions, and one of them's going to be hydrogen. It's going to be amazing. This this company that reckoned they had it all on the shelf, all of their own proprietary hydrogen technology, seemingly out of nowhere. And now it turns out that was all smoke. Uh, started taking pre-orders for the Badger back in June 2020. They cancelled it in November the same year. That was, of course, around the time that General Motors made a really big deal about getting into bed with Nikola. GM was going to build the Badger. And again, everybody at the time looked at GM and the board and the CEO like, did, did you do a thing called due diligence on this? Because we can all see Nikola for what it is, but no, GM couldn't. Uh, Nikola had no prototype. They had no manufacturing plan for the Badger. And then they started taking reservations for a vehicle that didn't exist. $5,000 reservations as well, according to new details emerging uh, by witness testimony in the criminal fraud trial of Nikola founder Trevor Milton. The jury have been told today that the prototype that we all saw back in February 2020 wasn't even their own work. They made it out of Ford F-150 parts. They chopped up some 
other Nicola bits and bobs and the power sports vehicle they were making. Uh, Trevor Milton faces 25 years behind bars if convicted. Next, we'll talk about Land Rover. And the company's begun a tendering process to upgrade their factory in Liverpool. It's called Halewood, the Halewood factory. Uh, the new platform that uh, Land Rover uh, will build their electric vehicles on, it's called the EMA. Electrified modular architecture. As you can imagine, it by saying modular, yes, it will be designed to have various different powertrains. Models using the new platform will include replacements for the new Range Rover Evoque and the Land Rover Discovery Sport. Now, about 3,700 people work there in the northwest. That'll be very welcome news to them. So that uh, facility here was opened in 1963 by Ford, and Ford kept a bit of the land to make gearboxes and things like that. But um, Land Rover said they'll invest £200 million in repurposing it. The platform, they say, is agnostic. So um, obviously, Range Rovers, Land Rovers, you're talking about a big footprint already. So what they can do is they say, look, the platform, we haven't decided what batteries they probably have decided the batteries but if they needed to make a change in the future in the next few years uh, any battery shape or chemistry could be incorporated now we'll talk about top gear because they get the all the plum jobs don't they top gear were invited by Ariel to go and drive the hypercar. Now, the hypercar I told you about a few days ago, Ariel make things like the Atom and the Nomad. These are two-seater, often open top, no windows, no doors, utterly bonkers, um, weigh about the same as, I don't know, me after a big Chinese meal. Now, these electric ones they're going to be making are called the hypercars but it ha- will have a different name when it comes to if it comes to market it's got 1180 horsepower they've been working on it for years an electric motor on each wheel not hub motors but four electric motors and even a jet engine working as a range extender aerial say they want to get the model's weight down, though, uh, to below 1,500 kilos. That's below 3,300 pounds. It has a 56-kilowatt-hour battery because this isn't, isn't about range. This is about blatting around a track and doing a few laps. Um, and so 56-kilowatt-hours will be enough, not for a race, not for a long race, but you could do 150 miles, they say, 240 kilometers if you were taking it easy. The range extender extends your day at the track. If you are flat-out driving, it can't keep the car going non-stop for an entire day but certainly for hot laps maybe for short races back to the pits let it all cool down the range extender will carry on replenishing the battery top gear though i couldn't do a full test on it because <coughs> it appears to have broken down during the top gear test uh, i think it's top gear magazine not the t- telly show uh, of which top gear magazine i subscribe to today because i subscribe to uh, let's have a think auto express uh, car magazine, because uh, that's made by the old lot that I used to work for. Uh, I used to work for the radio division of those. The, uh, a great company, by the way, but um, I never got to see the magazines being made. Uh, so, yeah, I subscribed to that. And Evo, of course, love Evo magazine. Uh, just subscribe to Top Gear magazine. I don't have any vices. I haven't got a hobby playing golf. Uh, don't smoke, don't really drink. So there you go. My, my vice is buying magazines because, oh, man. I love holding a magazine. And I'm not a technophobe. Um, And I do get all of my news for this show on blogs, RSS feeds, Google News alerts that I've got set up, uh, relationships with the car makers. Uh, But if I'm in my free time and just, you know, flicking through some pictures, you know, a certain time of the day after a couple of coffees in the morning, you could say, uh, and I've just got 10 minutes to myself, (laughs) that rarely happens with a toddler. The door's normally being open. Daddy, what are you doing? 
I think you can see what I'm doing, son. Uh, then I love to read a magazine. And uh, so, yeah, subscribe to Top Gear today as a treat, as a treat to myself. Uh, so well, I think in the next few weeks that my first one will arrive. I love Top Gear magazine. I look forward to reading about the hypercar. Now, let me tell you about the Mercedes-AMG C63. This is not an all-electric car. It's a plug-in hybrid. I find it interesting because... I wonder how many people will be buying these kind of cars over the next decade because, love them or loathe them, these kind of cars will be a transition vehicle for many people. There is no reason why you can't go EV right now. Uh, and we did. We didn't go plug-in hybrid. We took the jump, and, and we took a jump to a 22-kilowatt-hour Zoe. That's about as short range as you get, and it can't even DC fast charge. But we did it, and it works fine, right? And we did long journeys in that patiently before we were parents, but we did. And so, but this kind of car, I, I do want to know, I've mentioned before on the podcast a few times, things like AMG or the M-badged BMWs. I think you've got to do something special with those. Now, we have seen M-badged BMWs in electric era, and they're just a little bit hotter, they're a little bit fancier. But AMG, you know, AMG with Mercedes is is like a byword for noise and growling exhaust pipes. And, you know, I, I like, my racing and stuff like that. So I have a soft spot for this. And how they go electric will be really interesting because, you know, even a pretty basic electric car, we were talking about the new MG4, uh, MG Milan in, in China, but the new MG4 coming to Europe, they're going to do a four-wheel drive version of that next year that does 0 to 60 in less than four seconds. Like, that's supercar quick on an MG. So, and an MG4, so family car. So look, um, I find things like the AMGs interesting. Today they unveiled the AMG C63, so it's a C-Class, right? So it's going to have um, a, a saloon version and an estate version, for otherwise a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing because it is a C-Class Mercedes, but it's an AMG. They've put a two-speed electric motor on the rear axle. They've been working with the Formula One team, Mercedes-Benz AMG, a high-performance powertrains in Bricksworth. The electric powertrain is a 400-volt system. It's being launched as I say, in, in both saloon and estate form. They put drift mode into it and active rear steering. They're loading technology into it. But the EV range is only 13 kilometers. It's got a small, lightweight battery. Um, it's got electric air panels in the radiator grill to dif- divert the air when you don't need that cooling and the electric power is being used. Uh, it'll do the dash in 3.4 seconds to 62 miles an hour. Uh, the... Top speed is 280 kilometers an hour. Uh, the electric motor on the rear axle uh, converts, it says, power purely into propulsion for an extra boost. So it's not really relying on the electric motor. It's about making the car fizz, if that makes sense, overtaking, accelerating. If the rear axle slips, that electric motor can jump in and offer traction. There is a mechanical connection to the front axle as well uh, by a prop shaft and a drive shaft to the front wheels. All electric driving will go up to 125 kilometres an hour, but you're going to burn through those 13 kilometres of range much quicker at those high speeds. But you can with the combustion engine turned off. The high-performance battery, they say, from the Formula One technology is 6.1 kilowatt hours and offers 150 kilowatts of peak output and regen as well. Actually, it'll regen at 100 kilowatts and an output of 150. The battery operates constantly at 45 degrees Celsius, so it's optimal so that when you when you hit when you mash the accelerator, you get all the power available. And it's got three levels of regen, uh, with maximum regen being one pedal driving. So again, they see this the, the point of this, either track days or just spirited driving, where the battery will be more recharged by the regen than you plugging it in. But it has got a plug socket on, uh, like 3.6 kilowatt AC charging. 
So I'd love to know what you think of these kind of cars. Like, let me know your opinion. Is this a waste of time? Is it simply a bit of smoke and mirrors to disguise what is effectively a petrol car, but with a bit of electrification? But I think the electric stuff is kind of interesting. It's clearly designed for performance, not endurance, because it's such a small, lightweight battery. And, you know, 6.1 kilowatt hours, they could put a 15, 20 kilowatt hour battery in this car, but it's not designed for that. It's designed... The way that I read this is they've made a petrol car and then they've added some electric as like window dressing or the polish on a really nice table. That's the electric stuff. The electric stuff is just the nicer lacquer they've put on top. I don't think this is a serious effort at making an electric car, but it has got a plug socket. Thought I'd mention it. What do you think about car makers going down that kind of route? They'll clearly want to, and they have really bigged up the electric part of it. But when you look at the bones of it, like, there's not a lot of electric stuff happening here. What they've got is clever, but it's clearly designed, like Formula One, as a bit of extra rather than Formula E, which is everything. Anyway, that is my thoughts. Maybe I'm wrong. Coming up on the podcast soon, Xpeng launched the G9 big premium SUV. And who's going to bring BYDs to the UK? I'll tell you more. Stick around. Now let's talk about Ford revealing details of the Electric Transit Custom. Got more details on that. I mentioned some details last week, but now at the IAA Transport Show going on this week, uh, they revealed some new features and specifications. Ted Canis, who is the CEO of Ford Pro, and Martin Sander, the GM of Ford uh, in Europe, uh, talked about Pro Power on board the Ford e-Transit Custom because the Custom is a bit different to the Transit. Uh, it will deliver 2.3 kilowatts of power, maybe for your work site, your campsite. Um, you don't need an onboard generator to power your tools. 2.3 kilowatts is pretty decent, actually. It's got Ford Pro charging, so you can schedule your charge if you're using it as a commercial vehicle. It's always connected. Uh, it's got a delivery assist, so it will replicate certain things. Like, I guess if you are delivering in a city, and every time you walk away from the vehicle, you want it to shut down and lock the doors until you come back for safety. It's got all the uh, suite of tools called Delivery Assist, and it can be used as a mobile office. They've designed the steering wheel that when the steering wheel is locked and the car is turned off, you can then tilt the steering wheel completely horizontal, completely flat, and, I don't know, you could eat your dinner off it, I suppose, uh, but also put a laptop computer on it. And I've never seen this done elsewhere. I'm sure other car makers over the years have done this, but very nice move that, yes, when you're safe to do so, I guess there's like a little release catch or something on the steering wheel, and it, it pivots from, you know, it's it's a commercial vehicle, so it's probably, you know, pretty vertical, but uh, to tilt down to be a flat tray, a desk, if you like. Uh, and then you can use the 13-inch touchscreen next to it. It comes with a 74-kilowatt-hour battery, 236 miles. That is 386 kilometres on WLTP. DC fast charge that, 125 kilowatts. And uh, I'll put a link to Electrek in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Now in China, Xpeng have unveiled their highly anticipated flagship SUV, the G9, now on sale. It's an 800 volts architecture. Uh, It'll charge at 430 kilowatts. I know, that's a 4C charge and discharge rate. Um, And the Xpeng ultra-fast chargers, of which there aren't too many in the world right now, but there's going to be more of them, uh, can add 200 kilometers in five minutes and go 10 to 80% in 15. That's just, I mean, that's bonkers fast. That's quicker than uh, the Ionic 5, the Kia EV6, the Taycan, 80% in 10 to 80 
in 15 minutes. Xpeng will continue, they say, to build out their fast-charging network, uh, building more than 50 of them, of their what they call the S4s, like superchargers, basically. Uh, the S4 ultrachargers is uh, what they call them, in core cities around China, and get to 500 of those next year. Now, in the UK, a dealer network called Pendragon. They're a listed company, Pendragon PLC. Looks like they're the ones that will bring BYD to the UK. Not a done deal, but in advanced discussions, according to a Bloomberg article, who probably had some good sources to run this piece, talks come as BYD is expanding their business beyond China and coming to places like the UK, also into Thailand and Cambodia, Denmark, Japan, Sweden and Israel as well. Looking forward to seeing if that deal gets done and the Pendragon Dealer Network could be offering you a BYD or taking them back and doing servicing, deliveries and things like that. Now, I've been watching... A fair bit of Björn Newland uh, recently, and although I'm not a massive fan of his latest strand, if you like, he's a Norwegian YouTuber. Uh, he's kind of doing uh, run-out tests. So how far can I drive a vehicle till it runs out? He's got an emergency battery in the boot. It's only a small battery, though, and he broke, I say broke down, because I, I worry that people will see this, because he obviously, obviously, like, the thumbnail is of a broken-down car with the warning triangle and his hands in the air, but, like, he intentionally ran it down. Either way, a road tester wouldn't do it to a petrol car. So I have a little issue with EVs running out, even though it's intentional. But he's a legend. I'm not questioning him. And so um, he's got a little battery in the boot. But recently, uh, such is the thirstiness of the e-tron 55 and also the BMS, which takes a little while to uh, work out what the cell voltage is. Uh, even after draining his little battery, it still took half an hour of the car being turned off for the, <laughs> the BMS to go, oh, yes, no, I've had some charge. Um, so what he needs is a spark charge. Uh, that is a mobile charging system that is pretty beefy. I'm sure it's heavy as well, but it's a mobile DC fast charger. The new Roadie by Spark Charge, the Roadie V3, can deliver up to 125 kilowatts of power. That's 10 miles a minute in some EVs. In some EVs, 250 miles of range, they say. Now, the Spark Charge system is modular, and you can stack these as well. I think they're really, because they're so so big and heavy, very good for recovery services. If a recovery service doesn't want to use a fossil generator to recharge a broken down EV that ran out of charge, if you get my drift, and they want to charge from battery. Either way, Spark Charge updating their app as well. They've got a concierge uh, kind of mode on that, allowing members to give the technicians access to your vehicle's charge port so they can pop the charge port open and begin charging immediately. And the mobile app also captures the EV state of charge the current mileage that your car says, and also access to GPS and things like that. Pop a link to that story from Charge DVs in the show notes. And finally, what is the speed sweet spot uh, for getting rid of electric vehicles? Well, California says 2035 is the sweet spot. That's the deadline they've given to end gasoline-only cars. Uh, the sweet spots, they say, is that year because it sharply cuts emissions, but it's also realistic for buyers and the industry. Uh, the head of the clean air regulator said yesterday, back in August, uh, the emissions board, uh, CARB, said it would require all new vehicles sold in California by that year uh, to be electric or plug-in hybrid after Governor Newsom issued an executive order. Uh, CARB said the rules will reduce smog-causing pollution by 25%, resulting in 9.5 million fewer conventional vehicles sold by the middle of 
next decade. I'll pop a link to the Times of San Diego in the show notes. And that's your podcast for today. Question of the week, taking a wee break for a while, but it will return. And I couldn't do this show without you, our Patreon sponsors. From whatever level, $5, $10, I know that means giving up a lot. Uh, everything is getting more expensive. I get that and I appreciate it. Thank you. All the way up to our premium partners, and that's Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, who sent me a lovely email today, and I'm um, hopefully, fingers crossed, looking, up, uh, looking forward to catching up with uh, Brad uh, after many years of him supporting this show. Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, uh, Octopus Electric Universe, Global Public Charging Made Simple with one app and one map. And if you are an Octopus Electricity customer like I am, look out for the email arriving from Greg, their CEO, their chief executive, in your inbox explaining about how the government are supporting uh, electricity prices, what it means for you. There's a little PDF attachment with your own circumstances, I guess. Uh, detailed, look out for that. And also thank you to millbrookcottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Uh, you can charge your EV while you're there. And hey, it's a break that you deserve. Get yourself booked in. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. There isn't, you know. <laughs>